everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Welcome to this week's live. We um, have a very special guest with us today who is joining us all the way from across the pond uh, in America, the lovely Shannon. Hello, Shannon. Hello. Chicken can hear me, yes. Yay. <laughs> Welcome, Shannon, to the uh, the lovely sunny uh, UK. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we also have uh, with us tonight the lovely Helen Gasson from Gasson Dog Grooming uh, and also is uh, Director of Sales at Savvy Pet Spa, who everyone is very familiar with. Um, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, as you well know, if you haven't seen this, if you haven't been in the group for long, um, I do a live usually with Lee every Wednesday about some boring tax topics. However, today we are going to lighten the mood with the lovely Shannon, who is a mobile dog <laughs> from the US. Um, she's promised me she's not going to do too many swear words so that we don't get banned uh, from Facebook again, um, like I did last time because I swore too much. But we are going to talk about pricing. We're going to talk about customers. We're going to talk about anything that really pops into our head because and I think the ladies will agree there's a massive disparity between dog groomers in America and dog groomers in the UK. And I don't think there should be. Um, I think dog groomers in America maybe are slightly more respected than they are in the UK. Um, I think people in the UK just expect to pay like a tenner to groom their dog. And anything more than that is too much. So welcome, Shannon, and thank you very much. And before we start even talking about dog grooming, I just want to say a massive happy birthday from everyone here. Um, Thank you. I can't believe you're joining us on your birthday. So thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Oh, yeah, we've got to sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shannon. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. I am flattered and honored to be here today. Honestly, thank you very much. That's all right. So, Shannon, before we get into the, before we get into the nitty gritty of of grooming, just tell everyone out there in case they don't know who you are, what it is that you do and and who you are. Of course, of course. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Shannon Wannings Roberts. I am the owner of For the Love of Dogs Mobile Spa here in Virginia. I'm also a pet consultant and a newly a new and amazingly in love with Savvy uh, Pet Spa, as we know, Helen is there and it's absolutely amazing. So I do a lot. Um, I talk to a lot of people. And if you don't know who I am, just check out my social media because I definitely do not hold back. Uh, you will learn about me very quickly if you haven't already known. But yes, I thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That's all right. Thank you very much for joining us. So I'm going to jump straight in. Um, Let's go. Pricing in the UK is a very sort of hot topic. Um, I don't think we charge enough generally, and I don't think groomers are really respected enough in the UK. And people are almost too scared to charge more than like 50 quid for a dog. Um, And obviously, I'm not a groomer myself, so Helen, correct me if I'm wrong, if I get any of my assumptions wrong. But just give us an idea in America, maybe in your last week, the sort of prices that you charge for various dogs and how it's received in by your customers in America. Of course. Um, so, look, I typically don't ever really compare my prices. Right. So when this conversation topic came up, I did a little bit of research and you're absolutely right. It is. <laughs> 
no offense because I love everyone in the UK. All right. Much love to you. But why are you not asking for money for the talent that you put out like that to me? It's uh, it's it's sad (laughs) because I know how much work goes into grooming. And um, even here, I don't compare my prices to anyone else because my prices are my talent and my skill and um, also maybe my ego a little bit. Um, You know what I mean? Like there's a, when I started my business, um, I literally mapped out what I needed to make per month. And that's how I came up with my first original price, which was well over $20 more than what we were charging at the time, which, oh, to tell you what the price was, it was 2012. And my minimum fee for service was $75. Um, So when you say 50 quid, I'm not really sure what a quid is. I'm assuming like a dollar. $56, around about, depending on the fluctuation. So, and is, but okay, so the question would be, are there a lot of mobiles in the UK? Because here, salon and mobile do vary a bit in pricing. They vary a bit. You tend to find in with mobile in the UK that it's a little bit more expensive because their overheads are different. Um, and you tend to find that multi, multi-salons will charge more as well because obviously their overheads are different. So <clears throat> I use my sister as an example. She is a dog groomer. She's got a pod in the back garden. Her prices are a little bit less because her overheads are less, which I struggle with. And I'm sure you'll agree with me here, Shannon, because she puts as much work into her work as we do. Exactly. And that's how I feel about pricing in general. So if anyone who says they're only pricing or they're only charging a certain amount because um, it tends to be a mentality at this point, right? Where when you think that you're not worth it or you think it will not happen, then you've paved the way for it not happening immediately. And a lot of the times in, in, the, in the industry that we're in, um, people are looked on as a service or, um, you know, you are my employee. I don't, they don't, they're not, I don't work for them. I work for my clients' dogs. So I I think you had asked about the pricing. I just want to give you a good idea. Um, I start my standard size doodles at $200, um, standard poodles at $200. Um, I start my grooms now, Yorkie, 20 pounds and under at 125 um, to begin. But this is just the regular price for a four to six week schedule. I don't accept anything out of a six week schedule. Um, I do typically monthly maintenance grooming. And that's how I explain it because it is a service that maybe not everybody wants, but there are so many pets in this world that no matter what service you're offering, right, there's going to be a clientele for that service. And that's where I think we could improve the communication between the groomer and the client to not really promote that we're better because we're automatically showing them how good we are, right? They can see our work, literally. We take the dog and we bring it back. It's apparent what we do. So I feel like maybe the, the miscommunication is just in the confidence of the groomer when they, when they talk to their clients. So it, again, it comes, it's, men, it's mental. It's, it's in your head. Once you say a thousand times that you started $125, then you started $125 and it doesn't feel weird at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's the issue is that a lot of people will look elsewhere and see what everyone else is charging. They'll base the prices on anyone else. Or if they're just starting out, they might think, well, actually, I can't charge that much for that job because I've only been doing it for two years or whatever. And then they start so low that then when you're trying to bring it up, it becomes too difficult because you can't go from 40 quid to like 90 quid because the customer will be like, what the hell? You know, and I think even, and I don't know, Helen can answer this 
if you know Shannon's saying two hundred pound, two hundred dollars for like a doodle, what would that be equivalent in the UK? It depends on the size of the doodle, obviously. So if we go for a mid-range size, probably 20, 25 kg, yeah, then we're talking probably £66 starting price. That's on a regular maintenance. But we don't offer very few groomers in the UK will be insistent, as Shannon is, and say, you either go four weeks or six weeks or bugger off, basically. Yeah. And I think that's where we are afraid to put our foot down and then we end up lacking respect that we deserve from our customer base. And that becomes an issue. If customers don't like it, they will go elsewhere. And we see it in the grooming world all the time. I'm sure Shannon's seen it as well, where you will charge a price. A customer will use you because their other groomer is not available or because they're a groomer hopper. They'll go from one, you know, one mobile van to the next mobile van. They don't have a nice um, schedule set up, but then they'll have a groom with you and then go, hang on a second. I have paid this amount of money, but look how nice my dog looks, you know. But and then you have the other customers that don't care how the dogs look. And the customers that you want on a regular schedule, you know, that whether you're taking £10 per groom or $200 per groom, they're the customers you want, the one that nice recurring revenue from on a regular basis where you build a rapport with the customer and most importantly, you build a rapport and a relationship with the dog. Yeah. So, Shannon, would you take a client on that doesn't, let's say they've got a cockapoo, for example, would you take a client on that brought her cockapoo or his cockapoo every, like, four months no it wouldn't be a consideration it it doesn't that would not work like all right so if you were to contact my business and say hey i have a cockapoo right hey i have a cockapoo the last time it was groomed was four months ago my response is going to be why did you wait four months when i respond and when i talk to the customers i'm automatically instilling my values of my service immediately in the very first conversation so when I ask like that, they're always like, oh, well, that's what we usually do. And I'm like, no problem at all. Um, I can refer you to another mobile if necessary, but I only accept clients on a four to six week basis. So it, you wouldn't fit into my clientele, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but typically, because I lay my information out so clearly, they already know, like my policies and procedures are very clear. And that's actually a good point. Do we have policies and procedures? Is there something that lists out who the hell you are in your business and what you believe in? Does it say on paper what you're going to charge them or what their consequences are for when they mess around and act like assets and don't want to get their dog or whatever, you know, whatever happens at the end of the day, your business is about the dogs. The people really have nothing to do with it. They just pay the bill. Well, you, you, you are... People do have these terms and conditions where if you're late or your dog's matted or it's and they don't stick to it. We we, we, ah. we sent a customer away today, a customer that is regularly late to our business. And I had a conversation with Georgina and Inga um, about them the last last week. They have two dogs, one last week, one this week. And they typically turn up late, sometimes, you know, 10 minutes, sometimes 25 minutes. Never the same person collects a dog. It tends to be a, an absolute shambles. And they turned up today, 15 minutes late for their appointment. After Georgina had messaged them and said, if you're not here by quarter past, I'm not going to groom your dog. They were three minutes late and we sacked the customer. And that's exactly how I intend to go my business. If you have a happy, if you have a happy environment in which you work, whether you're a lone groomer, a mobile groomer, you work in a salon or you work in a chain, you have to have boundaries. And yet, and it's painful as it is to enforce those boundaries you are doing that for your own wealth and your own well-being. And if you cannot do that, then you are in the wrong job. 
It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And if you can't, if you want to do it and you need to learn how to do it, then let us know and we'll help you with that. You know, channel that's us it. I'm happy to help. You know, that's it though, Helen. You've touched it there because typically, like we're saying, it's how you're communicating the information. So if you give them a chance, like typically, let's just talk about typically in my business. Typically, yeah. I send out the policies and procedures. They don't read that. No. They don't read one. They don't read it. And so what I do at the first appointment when they hand it to me, because usually they print it out. You know, they're very cool. My clients are old school. This is way, this is before Savvy. All right. Before I was, before I was paperless, but (laughs) they used to hand me back the paper. Right. And I'd be like, this is the last sheet with their information. I was like, but did you read the other pages? You know? And they're like, well, kind of little, I'm like, all right. So let me just make sure that we get on the points. Right. Because the only thing that I will definitely not tolerate ever in the business is last minute cancellations multiple times, because this is how I feed my family. And this is how I say it. I'm like, listen, I'm not a real stickler about much. I'm a really laid back person in general, but this feeds my family. This is how I survive. So Mm -hmm. I need at least 48 hours in advance. If you're going to change or, you know, rearrange your schedule, if not, you're going to pay the fee. And typically I pay, I charge the entire fee, 100% of the groom, um, because that was my policy. Now we're taking 50% deposits now. So it's changed a little bit, but they will still owe that 50% because that is what I charge. If you're wasting an hour and a half of my time, you're going to pay for it, period. Yeah. How are people in the UK the same or does it? I think some people are quite strict with their terms and conditions. But again, I think it might be a British thing that we're a bit scared to like have a bit of confrontation with people. It is. is I do. We have terms and conditions and then we go, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Then you think, what the hell? You know? then, and yet they end up ex- ex- expanding your boundaries to the point where you're then working on the client's boundaries. And this is about this is about you. For most groomers, even if you're even if you're let's say you're employed and it's one of my members of staff and I have a regular customer that wants to be groomed by Georgina, say. And it, Georgina's not there one day and Inga's there. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, Inga, you know, Georgina's not here. He has to be groomed by Inga. And they're like, well, that's fine. I don't want to be groomed with Inga. I want to be groomed with Georgina or vice versa. They don't want to be groomed with Georgina. I want to be groomed with Inga. I get that. But you then don't get to say, oh, well, I didn't like the groom. If you insisted on having a different groomer, if you don't like it, leave. Simple. It's, it's simple as that. Because for, for every customer you sack, and I'm sure Shannon will back me up on this, for every customer you sack, you'll get another two. You can get on board early days and get them trained. You train your customer. I agree. Well. It's also the way you talk to them when you're telling them about it as well. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, like, for example, um, my client, every three-week dog, right, perfectly scheduled. He's nine years old now. I've always been his groomer, his shipu, adorable little dog. I get to the house. She forgot to leave the key. The house wasn't open, right? Uh, the husband called me. We tried to get in the house. There, there was no in. So 25 minutes, you know, wasted and no dog to groom. And so sh- this is how it works. So I contacted her and I was like, hey, just came out. I was like, you know the deal. Right. And that's just exactly how I'm like, you know, the deal, Jennifer, like, unfortunately, and she's like, oh, I got you. She Apple paid me the groom. So if you introduce it as a way of business, nobody questions you. If you're always the same. Right. And you don't even have to listen. Here's the this is the I think this is the secret code here. You don't even have to believe that you're that badass. (laughs) 
You just have to tell yourself right before you start talking that this is your business and you make the rules and you're the freaking boss. Like, that's it. I'm not bossy. I'm the boss. Sounds great. Absolutely. And then, and then you can do it. Even if your confidence level isn't really that high until you've done it enough that your confidence level is really that high Mm -hmm. and you know what your worth is, because you know, this is not, they're not under contract. Mm -hmm. They don't sign a contract saying they have to have us groom their dog. I tell people that all the time. People are like, why are you so expensive? I was like, look, I didn't start my business to be the cheapest. I started it to be the best. So exactly. if you want, you can't get cheap and 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 the best. Pay peanuts, you get monkeys. Exactly. It's impossible. So you get I, what you get. You have to implement your changes. I mean, when, when Shannon and I started communicating, you know, and she decided she was going to have a go with Savvy and she was blown away with it. And I was like, okay, so um, this is how you send off the reminder for the deposit. And she was like, well, what deposit? I was like, what do you mean what deposit? She's like, I don't take deposits. If I turn up. Never thought of it. I just sack them. You know, just if I turn up and you're not there, I want the fucking money. (laughs) So she said, but then you have the customers. Yeah, but then you have the but then you have the customers that you you have to pursue, and then and in our game, time is money. So I'm like, well, let's let's change that. But I I took you way out of your comfort zone, didn't I? Way, and that's very cool for me because it doesn't happen very often. People are usually accommodating because I'm such a powerful energy, and people often just I mean it, it happens. Like I I don't I just it's not my fault. It just happens. And when she said it, I like I had a pushback moment. I'm like, oh well, that's not. Uh, we don't do that. And she's like, no, yeah, you haven't. You said, you said, we don't do that here. That's what you said to me. <laughs> we don't do that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but we're three conversations in and I feel great about it. Love deposits. Do you know what I love that show? I watched a couple of your TikToks recently and there was two that we oh, stuck out. There was one with a guy that's made some sort of comment that had a husky as his profile. Oh my God, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Can you just explain what happened there. For anybody, can I just say for anybody that doesn't follow, if anybody that doesn't follow Shannon Whining Roberts on TikTok, you are missing a trick. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love that. Oh my god. Okay, uh, TikTok is where I let loose, guys. I do not filter myself on TikTok. Um, I'm in network marketing as well, so I talk to a lot of people all the time, and I have to, you know be presenting myself a lot. So TikTok for me is such an outlet. I just love it. Um, But you were getting the real raw deal. But there was a gentleman who had responded to one of my grooming TikToks. And basically in the TikTok, I was saying um, that when somebody calls me with a once a year dog, you know, I tell them, and this is really what I say. I'm like, it's going to be at least three times the regular groom. So a guy called about a golden retriever, you know, our, our groom price for golden retrievers are 175 and up, right? So I'm like, well, it's going to be at least three times that for the first room. And then 175 a month after that. And so I was doing a TikTok about that. I was like, look, groomers, like I was so fed up. I was like, we have got to change this. Like this once a year, it's, it's hideous. It's, it's atrocious and it's disgusting. And, it, and people were like, oh, you seem really mad. No. Have you seen a dog that is suffering from matting for six months? Have you seen what their skin looks like? Have you felt their aura? They're beaten. They're defeated. They're hurt. They're being tortured by abuse. That is not acceptable. Like I will, you guys know, well, you gotta, yeah, you gotta <laughs> calm me down, simmer, simmer, right? Because I get upset. But anyway, the guy had commented something like, 
lady, you're just here for money or what did he, I don't remember. You guys are going to. I think he said, you're you're just greedy or something like that. Yeah. He said, and I was like, (laughs) I remember because his tagline, his name was that guy. I was like, oh, I bet you are that guy with the screaming, (laughs) shitting husky that never goes to the groomer, right? That's horrible on the table that you never pay enough for. You probably get it done four times a year and think that's okay. I mean, I just, that. That's my regular response to things, though. And it's funny because people were like, oh, my God, I'm like, you really don't know me. But welcome to my world. He and is that guy, though. He didn't understand that he needed to take his husky to a group regularly. And, you know, it just made an arsey comment. But you definitely shot him down. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, and then the other one, I think, was uh, I think you were shaving a matted cockapoo or something. And you were saying on the TikTok that you charge like three times the normal amount. And I said to Tegan, I was like, there's no way I don't think anyone in the UK would do that. They charge like a £10 fee or something. I mean, Helen, I think that's right. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a groomer. I just... £20 for severe matting, just like £10 for a tail and some ears, £5 for a mat behind each ear. There isn't enough. We're we're undervalued and overworked and underpaid. And we undercharge. The key to that... The key to that matted stuff and the matted situation, I'm telling you, the key for me is that I get upset about it immediately in front of their face, on the text, on the phone. Like, I'm immediately like, whoa, like, (laughs) what? Did you just say your dog hasn't been groomed in six months? Oh, my God, we're making a spot for you because that could not go. We're not. That's not cool. So I make them feel I mean, I hate to say I make them feel bad, but I express myself very clearly about how I feel about it. So when I say, oh, this is going to be three times the groom, if you want me to continue grooming this after what you've done, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, this is your fault. I mean, look you want me to fix your problem? What happened yesterday? Tell them what happened yesterday. Your first, first new customer who signed up for three dogs and she paid a deposit. for How much was the deposit she paid, Chan? And share that with everybody. The deposit was $165, which was half of her assumed groom at the lower level. Um, and she ended up actually using her deposit, right? So there's a way that she she can use your deposit towards the groom. So when I got done grooming her dogs, I charged her the rest of the $165, the other half, and also a $75 fee um, because I charge $75 if your dogs have fleas and all three of these dogs had fleas. So she only got one $75 fee this time because I really did feel bad for her. Um, but 75 bucks is what I charge if your dog, if I see more than four or five fleas, that's it. Now I got to, now I got to bomb the van. Now you got me going because my bougie ass customers that really will notice one flea on their dog mean a lot to me and they pay my bills. So don't come in here with your half-ass flea ridden backyard dog. I already know. I mean, you can't tell me that those dogs didn't stay outside. Those dogs stayed outside. But also look at, and this is why, one of the reasons why I started following you is because you are real. When you you were generally upset, you were heartbroken because you know when you left, they're not going to book back in. I'll, I'll reach out to you. And that's what happens when you have, we call them groomer hoppers in the UK. And you know, you've worked hard on that dog. You've you've relieved it of the, of you know, the, the torment it was in with either parasites or matting or, you know, nails that are growing into their pads or massive pad mats in whatever it's going to be. Or even, it could be something even as was they brush the dog but they miss the back end so you've got you know that sore back end you know that you've got to relieve you know you've done that for the dog and all you want to do is smack the customer in the face because you're like you, you sleep in bed with this dog what are you doing are groomers in, the, are groomers in uh, america regulated no no 
so to say do you think that they should be (laughs) with the proper education from a person in the in the grooming industry perhaps with a panel of (laughs) politicians or mm, i can't say the f word here i love you Um, shannon but you know what I mean? I feel like it. whenever people go to regulate something on a large scale, there are a lot of holes and the pet grooming industry is very diverse. So I don't think that it should be, I don't know. Yes, I do believe that we should somehow be regulated because there are groomers that are hurting dogs out there. And yes, I do believe that the people that are in the grooming industry that want to make it better should be the ones that are on um you know, groups and policy procedure meetings, because that's the only way we're going to get it done. Do you get a lot? Because, I mean, we have a lot of um, groomers uh, in the UK that do like a tw- like equivalent of like a $20 online course of how to groom a dog <laughs> and then call themselves a dog groomer and charge, <sighs> and charge like $20 to do a, a dog, like the equivalent of, you know, yes. a lot of them in America, because we see uh, since I'm COVID. sure. I honestly, and I'm I'm saying this honestly because it is the truth. I I try not to. I'm an empath, right? Um, I, they call me Miss 100 for a reason. I'm absolutely always 100%. And people will follow me. They will hate me, or they they'll love me for it. Um, but I will not ever tolerate any kind of dog abuse or mistreating from a professional. And so honestly, and this is just me, um, I distance myself um, a little bit from the local scene here because they are within physical reach of me. And honestly, um, I can't be regulated. So it's it's difficult. But yeah, there are definitely um, people who do a lesser job and definitely do it for i mean they get away with it you know there's no regulation i I have an opinion about regulations do i think that we should be regulated yes i do do i think that's a one shoe fits all absolutely not you've got i mean i myself work with dogs and i i was working dog before i was qualified so but i am very compassionate about dogs but then you've got there are other people who are looking at um the grooming world as money making And that winds me up. That pisses me off. You know, yes, have, you know, mentorship if you need it. Yes, have, go to, you know, seminars and classes and shows and take as much as you can. But when when you mention regulations, I just think a fat cat's getting fatter behind it. They wouldn't know how to groom a dog. And that, that really bothers me. That's an issue for me. You know, if it was a regulation, I mean, I, I'm I'm of an age, 20, obviously. <laughs> I remember when dogs used to have to have a dog license. You know, and I think we should still have dogs with dog licenses. I think the owners should be made far more culpable for how they treat and how they are with their dogs. I don't know how that can be done. And I know there are are debates globally about it, but it needs sorting out. And we do need to have a more regulated um, industry. And I think that regulated industry should be for those that have got, you know, verified groomers, whether they're qualified or unqualified. I think there is room for both in our industry. I don't think that the government or, you know, any governing body, you know, let's say um, the Pet Industry Federation turn around and say, well, you can't groom now unless you've got, you know, whatever qualification. I think that's the wrong tack. But I do think that there needs to be regulations that dogs aren't getting hurt, that customers are made to be culpable for their, you know, neglect. 
and that we are getting the right training and the right support, most importantly, because we there is no support for groomers in this industry. And I don't know the last time I watched somebody um, or knew of anybody in a training scenario where they were taught, they're taught how to lift the dog, but they're not told how to stand, not taught about compression mats, they're not taught about twisting, they're not taught, taught about how different tables can do different things and what, you know, dogs that are scared of heights are not scared of heights. There is so much involved in it. It's not just about getting a pair of scissors and creating a beautiful groom. It's a journey for the dog from the time it leaves its house, it's the time it gets back into its bed and sleeps because it's tired. And it's a journey for the groomer as well. And we need to make that as an industry better. And so I believe governing it would facilitate that in some way or begin to facilitate that in some way. I mean, they do it in like dog boarding things. You need a license. So I don't see it. But I think you're right. I don't think you could do it where you, you could say, well, you can only groom if you've got a qualification because you might have people that are really, really experienced groomers that have been grooming for 20 years not haven't necessarily... One of the best groomers I know, some of the best groomers yeah. I know, I mean, Shannon's one of them, has no formal qualification as that would be recognised outside of their country or formal qualifications at all. You know, I mean, I look at... Um, I, 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 do you know what? I'm going to name drop here. I don't do that very often, but I look at Pammy Michael Hogg, right? She's a really good friend of mine. I love her to bits. Now, I don't know what qualification she's got, I, and I don't care. I don't care because what she produces and, ha- and her ethos and her ethics around grooming is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. I've just... I've never had the opportunity or time to get to one of her seminars, and I wish... And that's my one thing on my to-do list. But how much continuing education did she do to get that good? Oh, a lot, right? A lot, a lot. She she brought fusion grooming. She, you know, I mean, look at Georgina Ashton Fuller, amazing groomer. I don't know what qualification. It doesn't matter what qualification. Uh-huh. She's good at what she does, but she's not just good at what she does. Like if you, if anybody watches Shannon groom, Shannon uses no restraints whatsoever at all. Doesn't use a noose. Doesn't use a belly strap. Use nothing. Even if the dog is aggressive, I don't know about everything you put a muzzle on a dog that's aggressive either. She's amazing, but she takes time. She takes time, and because she takes time, and because she uses compassion, she can charge more. And you know, and she sees the dog every four weeks. So, <laughs> so that dog got very used to her in that in that cycle, and that's what it should be like here. But we're too afraid as groomers. We're too afraid to go. You need dog needs to be in eight weeks. I am going to change my business model based on my interactions with Shannon and the. I mean, we have conversations every single night. It's like <laughs> we literally spend hours don't we talking about grooming and and everything. But I am going to change my business model, and I am. It might not be a pricing change, but it's definitely going to be an ethical change. Absolutely, hundred percent. I think it's a mindset issue. Um, we've got loads of questions, which everyone, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just going to wait till the end so it doesn't disrupt. I can't see the chat, you guys. Oh, it's I fine. Can't... There's loads. It's, all, it's kicking off. It's kicking off, Shannon. Uh, we've started a riot, but no. Um, Bill did make a comment about it's it's a mindset issue. And I think even whether you're a dog groomer, dog boarder, dog trainer, it, even a, an accountant, whatever, you know, it's a mindset issue and it's that, self-doubt oh I can't charge that I'm not I can't charge a hundred pounds why why no one wants to pay it tell them to f off and get your next customer in that will pay and I think people spend thousands and thousands of pounds thousands and thousands of dollars on equipment training you know everything continuous development Asian grooms I don't mean I don't know what I'm talking about you know what I mean um you know and charge fucking 20 quid 
And you're like, what are you doing? It's no different, though, to business models in general. I mean, I know, Shannon, your taxes and, and your VATs and everything that you do in your country are different, yeah. but you submit them the same. And, and you know, Vicky, I've been with you since I had my very rogue accountant before. Uh, never looked back. And the time it saved me in paying my regular monthly fee to, to, to Vicky and Lee I can groom another 20 dogs and the time would sit with me to go through everything. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, 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 you've got to, you've got to know your worth and you've got to spend your money where your time is going to be saved. So you can earn yourself more money with the time that you've saved, or you can take some time off of the time you've saved to spend with your family and pamper yourself and enjoy yourself and, you know, chill out and do what you need to do. Uh, And Billy's right. Billy's right. It is a mindset. And if you haven't got the right mindset going into it, if you are scared of asking or, or valuing yourself, my, a very, very, very nice person whose name I'm not going to mention said to me very recently that if you want to charge an amount, always charge 10% more because you're always worth 10% more than you think you are at the bare minimum. I think Shannon hit the nail on the head earlier when you said when you first started, mm-hmm. Shannon, you worked out how much you needed to earn and then worked out your prices that way. And I think a lot of people and from a finance point of view and why I do these these lives on different things is because people don't look at their figures they don't look at what they need to earn monthly to pay the bills to to buy put food on the table and to make a bit of profit they just maybe copy someone else or just pluck a figure out of thin air you know rather than sitting down and go well actually I need to earn four thousand pounds a month therefore if I do an average groom for 70 80 pounds a dog I can do that with an X amount of dogs Well, when I started grooming, I was only, I was only going mobile as a subsidiary. Like I was the, I was not the breadwinner, right? My husband at the time was the breadwinner. So when I started, I was only working, he was working, uh, four tens, right? So he's working four days a week. We homeschooled our children. I homeschooled my kids at that time. And so, um, I was quite busy and, but I could only work three days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I had to compress a week's worth of dogs into three days, right? Every week in order to, because I knew that no matter what money he made, this was my business and it had to be established a certain way. I was never the person who was going to charge less for something that I knew was worth more. It did not make sense to me because and, and at the time, and I say this all the time and Nancy, I love you, but uh, my mentor, the, my, the mobile groomer that I learned mobile from, and my scissoring finishes. Oh my God, she's amazing. Um, but she was charging $55 across the board um, at the time that I took over her clients when she retired. And I told her all of her clients immediately, hey, I really I respect you wanting to come and work with me, you know, have my have me groom your dogs. Um, it is my honor to do so. However, my prices start at $75. So what we're going to need to do is start you at $65 now. And then in six months, you'll bump up to the regular price. So you'll have time to get used to the regular prices because I was already grooming regular dogs at $75. There's no way in hell you're going to make me lose $20 on every single dog. Now, 10 bucks for six months, I'll do that because that's respectful to their budget. They had no idea what was happening. But when you establish a business and you're saying out there, you know, out to everyone, this is what I start at. You can't possibly have one person that says, oh, I'd like to pay $55. That doesn't make sense. They would never do it because they know 
Nobody ever flea markets me. I've done it myself where I've put my prices up, but I've kept regular clients that I know my bread and butter on a lower fee. And then when I, and I did that for like a year and a half, and then when I've increased them and they've gone, oh yeah, I'm not paying that. So I've been out of pocket for a year and a half and they've gone, yeah, see you, bye. And then when they phone me back up and say, hey, Helen, um, we've been to the ladies down the road and we're not happy with the groom. And I'm like, nah, sorry, already filled your spot. Red, I, I have something to say. You just <laughs> reminded me, Helen. This is a red flag for me as a groomer. When you say, well, that customer tips me, so I'm not going to raise their rate. Don't do that. <laughs> I've done it too. Whenever you say that, you are not giving them the chance to tip you what they want to tip you. You should never take a tip away from a client that might make them feel good. And for, I have a very good client of mine that tips me $160 every time I groom her dog. And it's so hilarious because I I, I love you, (laughs) but it's hilarious because people are like, well, you would never want to raise her rate. And I'm like, no, she paid $60. Every time. <laughs> I think if I can add, um, it's a I only well maybe more than that. I I I only charge her one hundred five, and she pays three hundred dollars every time I come. Um, so anyway, we won't talk about that, all right? But the point is this: also about the tipping, groomers are always like, "Oh, you charge a lot." Well, almost seventy five percent of my people tip. So if you're you as a business are not calculating your tips or looking at the percentages of customers that tip, you really should pay attention to that because if your customers are tipping, you're not charging too little. Tipping, tipping is not something much. you have a lot of in the UK. You get that some clients will tip. You tend to get Christmas tips, and that's why I like Savvy Pay now because Savvy Pay you can have it set up either way. But I've got Savvy Pay in my the card reader set up in my salon, and the first thing they see when they open it up, so it's obviously it's like this one. This is an old one. They open it up and it says tips five percent, ten percent, and they have to. I have to make. They have to make that choice you know, of whether they want to give you, it doesn't matter if it's 50 pence or they can choose other or they can decline. But I like the fact that that's in their face because then you work out who values you. Because we're too scared to say it out of our mouths. That's why. So we when, I, when, I, when I set up my tips and savvy, I took away the 5% option. <laughs> like that's it. I'm not even going to give it to you. No, but I did want to say one thing from about five minutes ago. And I, it just occurred to me that it, I didn't, I wasn't able to say it. I think we found a solution, though, to the mentality, all right? Because what you guys were getting into earlier was the policies policies and procedures and how people don't address things and a lot of stuff, right? Here's the thing, and this is my question. I can't see the chat, you guys, so I hope I'm on point with you guys. I can't see see the chat either, so I'm getting to I I have no idea what's going on. Well, here's what I'd like to ask everybody that's watching and the people that watch in the future, because this is a very, this is a question that I've often pondered. If someone like me uh, were to do a class on mentality, because really we're talking about what is lacking in the industry and every single point that you ladies made is something that could be addressed in continuing education. So if there's a way right? To deliver the mentality check. If there's a way to have digital content that you could refer back to and maybe just have a pickup, like if there were a video at the moment that you're about to interact with a customer, or I get texts from people all the time. Let's just be honest. People call me all the time and ask me for my advice. Okay. And a lot of people will be like, oh my God, this is what's going on. And it is my life is my life. Be like, mm-hmm. Right. It's crazy. But People ask all the time these things, right? 
So if at that moment when you were feeling insecure about your response to a customer, if in that moment when you were feeling disrespected about how they talk to you, if you could pull up a video or a even a, a, a audio message that was like, look, this situation is what you were born to do. You own this business. You are a groomer of whatever, right? Like whatever it would say, but just a little pep talk. Because I think sometimes- you. To give you, to give you your power back, to giving you your power back. That's what you want. Yeah. When the customers do that to you, they take your power away and you're like, um, I'm not sure what you need to do now. Yeah. Yes. It makes you question. But if your mentality were different and you could uh, train yourself because it is just a habit. Mentality is just a habit. I don't care what anybody says. You can change your mentality in a moment. The redirection of your mentality. That's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. You just, it's just, it's just practice, right? I think the idea is a brilliant idea. There's lots of people out there offering mentorship and business advice on pricings and they'll come into your salon as well. But that doesn't, that helps you in the then and now, but it doesn't help you in the future when you're faced with that, where you want that bit of pep talk, you know, you want that bit of support, you know. And do you know what? I did think this the other day. It would be really good to show a customer a video of why you, what you want to say without saying it to them. So like, I'm going to send you this audio because this is easier for me to send this and it's to tell you. I think there are a lot of people do that. But you know what? I don't think the customers know what an actual groomer does. And I think that's half the problem. When I was chatting to Tegan about it and my mum was like, oh, well, like, what do you do, Tegan? Like, how do you groom a dog? And Tegan was like, oh, I have to do this, and you have to bath it, and you have to do this, and you have to shave its ass, and then blah, 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 and you have to pull the shit out of its ass, and you have to do its nails, and you have to do its ears, and blah, blah, blah. my mum was like, what the hell? And she was like, how much do you charge? And it was like, I don't know what it was, but it was like 50 quid. And my mum was like, no way, that's really cheap. And I think part of the issue is that customers are naive and don't understand what it is you guys actually do. In the UK, that's historical. That's historical mentality because back in the day, you know, it would be it would be, you know, Gladys down the road that did the grooms in her back kitchen, um, lean to, uh, and they would use the hand clippers. So the expectation was very, was very basic. But that was before we had all the designer breeds, you know, the doodles, the, the, everything. It's changed. And it is for me from looking from the outside in into Shannon's life uh, is that the American market has moved with that expansion, whereas the UK market has stayed where it is. Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. There are millions of people out there on TikTok that have no freaking clue what groomers do. And they watch me every day for hours at a time, whether or not they're jerks or whether or not they're really awesome. It doesn't matter. The point is, People want to see. They have no idea. Like you said, they have no clue what is involved in the actual process of dog grooming. I just had a client the other day, the the typical, oh, well, and she nonchalantly mentioned that, you know, wow, I paid way more for my dog to get groomed than I even do for a haircut. And I'm like, really blank. Do they shave your ass and give you a pedicure and wax your hoo-ha? Do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they do your eyebrows and could you possibly poop on their table? No, no, you don't. Right. But in general, if somebody else said that to a groomer, it could make them feel a certain way as if their service was not worth what they were charging. That's what we need to stop. Yeah. That moment in which somebody else can affect your business. That's bullshit. It is your business. You decide. So whatever they, and i Sorry, I don't mean to babble, but I've heard this before where a groomer was like, um, 
Well, they were traveling a little farther than their regular area, right? This is mobile. And if you guys don't know, mobile grooming, one of the very, very first fundamentals to mobile is to establish your routing area. If you go outside that area, your business will flounder because you were spending too much time driving. If you're spending more than an hour driving, that is an hourly fee that you have lost driving down the street in which your, your vehicle could be damaged at any time. So anyway, she went outside her zone and there was like 20 people that this woman had referred. She was doing it as a favor. And there was 20 people that this woman had referred in the same neighborhood. So everybody was calling her. Oh my God, you service our area now. Oh my God. Oh my God. The groomer's mentality was, oh, she's trying to make me do this. I can't believe she's doing this. And they were very downtrodden. My mentality was, for one, I mean, if you guys don't know, I have the best nutraceutical products ever and they're nationwide, right? For one. So when I tell people, because of Nevetica, right? So when I get groomers and grooming people in my area, clients in my area that are outside my service area, I'm so sorry, Helen. I would love to groom for you, but I can still be your nationwide pet consultant, right? Mm-hmm. But upsell. You got an upsell. So, right. So that's what I was saying to her. I'm like, why are you looking at it as a bad thing? Because she was feeling the pressure of everyone wanting something from her in which she wanted to always provide at that these are my boundaries. You step in them and you're in my life. You step out them, out of them and you're not in my life. Uh, period. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Bye, bye. bitch. <laughs> right, let's uh, go to some of the comments because... Um, oh, yes, please. There's shitloads. Right. <laughs> um, okay, hang on. That's just everyone saying hello. We should find the person that has made the most comments because they've worked the hardest to put themselves in the chat. Yeah, I like that, Shannon. I like so, that. Uh, Tegan's put, uh, when I used to groom, I charged less as a home-based dog groomer when I first started six years ago because uh, I didn't know my worth at the time. Um, Helen used to tell me off. <laughs> um, Good job, Helen. I'm, I'm Tegan's uh, mom, by the way. <laughs> um, Catherine Bevan's put, I charge full or no rebook. I'm very strict, which is fabulous. Really good. Well done. You go, girl. Uh, this is a question from Natalia. Would you still apply the cancellation rules if the client says their dog is ill and it's a f- and it's the first last minute cancellation? Yes. Yes. No, okay. I, so I, it depends. I know we, we we disagree on this a little bit, but I would say yes. And the reason I would say yes to it, and there would only be an option not to. And this happened to me last week in my salon. So I've got a really regular customer who's got two Westies, and very sadly, one one over the Rainbow Bridge. She phoned me in the morning, even though her dog was critically ill. And her appointment was one o'clock in the afternoon. She phoned me up and said, I'm really sorry. In tears, I'm really sorry. I can't groom your dog. Uh, you can't groom the dog. This is what's happening. And I was like, that's not rolling deposit, everything in place. I was like, that's fine. No problem. You've taken the time to call me in a minute of crisis. And I let that go. Last week, we had somebody come in and they were booked in with two large dogs, two big rooms, two, two, two groomers, two hour slots each. They never phoned me. They never contacted me. In walks one of the dogs with somebody that we didn't know. And they just went, oh, um, by the way, mum's told me to tell you that the other dog's been taken to the vets because it's not very well. That's not a problem, but I've charged them for that. Charged. Yeah. If they'd given me the opportunity at at this time in the morning, you know, to to, um, rearrange or reschedule, I would have done that. You know, obviously, if the dog's been run over, it's a different scenario. And you do tend to know your client base your regulars anyway and you can pick up whether they're being genuine or not but you will have those i had one guy tegan will tell you about that about this i had one guy whose mum died three times so first time 
I thought, oh, died. how awful, I'm not going to charge you. Second time, my mum has died. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's his mother-in-law, you know. Third time, <laughs> how many mums have you got? You know, so you have you have to have a boundary and those boundaries are movable. Those boundaries will be adjustable because you have to be personal. But on the whole, unless they've given me a valid, valid reason and they've given me enough time to rearrange that appointment, I will try. I will take the notion. Fabulous. Right. I'm going to well, move I just, on. I just Absolutely. keep it together. I'm going to yes. move on because we've got loads. Uh, okay, go. uh, comment from Tracy. You must know as an individual what you need to cover expenses for your business and your personal life including insurance and retirement planning. Once you establish those perimeters, educate yourself throughout the life of the business, provide quality services, including educating your clients, the benefits of partnering with their groomer and vet to provide quality care. Education is key, which fabulous. Lots Top of notch. On yes. that. Um, Bill's put £1.25 a minute for matting is his, so... One dollar fifty, I guess. For, for it's in Bill's salon. Is that in his? Yeah, in his salon. Um, okay, wait, but I have a question about that. A lot of groomers over here do that as well, right? They charge per minute. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, and I don't, I mean, no, yeah, whatever. How long did it take for that mat to get there? If we're talking about a matted dog that's four weeks in, that's one thing, right? They dig their ass, they have a mat on their tail. Okay, fine, one point twenty. But if you're talking about a dog that hasn't been groomed in two months and you have to do extra work for extra matting, they have skipped an entire groom. You have, I'm sorry, let me just say this really quickly. I, this is a firm belief of mine. Oh my God. You're right. You're right. right. If you are on a regular schedule, four weeks, you're going to have what? 12 grooms a year. If you're on a regular schedule, six weeks, you're going to do what? You're going to have eight grooms a year. If you're on a regular schedule for eight weeks, you're going to have what? You're going to have six grooms a year. I give my customers the benefit of the freaking doubt. And we do eight weeks when I calculate this because I don't even offer eight week schedule. But here's the point. If you are on an eight week schedule and you're supposed to have six grooms a year and you've had three, why would you not charge twice as much at least or three times as much? They've gotten out of the fee three times out of the year. Exactly. Right. Think about the money that you're losing. Like when I look at it, I look at it as a monthly fee because I choose when my customers go six weeks. They don't choose. I choose. If I don't want to deal with that turd dog every four weeks, I do it on a six-week schedule. If it doesn't grow his hair as much and I know it doesn't need it as much, it runs on the concrete, it doesn't have long nails, six weeks, fine. If I'm in that area in six weeks, it depends on my schedule. But the point is, if you know that every month you should have gotten that paycheck and you are hurting because you lost that money, it would be a different story. Now, am I hurting if I lose the dog? No, but I'm saying, if you put that into your mentality that you're losing that money every month, you will be very, very shy of saying only $1 per minute because that means they have gone however long and you're not being paid. So I agree that you charge more and congratulations for that. I mean, every every time anybody charges more, I'm like, hey, bravo. But think about it long-term because that is money out of your pocket every month, just saying. Sorry, long question. No, but it's true. It's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And this is why, this is why it needs dressing in the UK. Not just in the UK, in other countries as well. But you know, it does need dressing. And you're right. It's a very, very valid point. And I think it's probably made everybody go, ah, yeah. And if it hasn't, then you should be going, ah, yeah. Sorry, Vicky. We're long-winded. Next comment. Let's go. We're ready. Message from Lenka. Um, you are not wrong. A groomer charging for a brush and cut without washing only £25. I thought she was joking. So underpaid here in the UK, same as dog walkers. Um, 
Bill. Without washing? What? Yep. I, I would. Oh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna fly through the comments and then we can chat about the questions because we've literally got loads. Um, Bill charged £150 to shave a matted rabbit the other day. Um they had two of them, so £300 for two rabbits. Um another message. Yeah. Uh, another message from Tracy. So she's winning on the comments so far. Um, you have an opportunity to educate a client, take that opportunity to educate a minimum for the benefit of the pet. Most will understand if you are respectful. So again, another one for educating the clients. Uh, not all clients don't want to be educated, do they? Say that again. I said not all clients want to be educated. You can spend hours going through what you need to do with a client with some dogs, and they're still going to bring it back. What hurts the client is the pocket, not their not their guilt. You yeah. got to get them through them one way or the other. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Good answer for the regulation question. Um, we've hired a level three groomer who has never been shown how to wash a dog's head. So there you go. What are they actually being taught? What's level three? Uh, so it's, it's like the it's the level below being like a grooming master. That's the best way I can describe it to you. Wow. I'm assuming the city and gills. Yeah, that's just crap. <laughs> Um, another one spoke to a groomer today just finished grooming school the school gave her a price list and said an extra large bath and brush should be priced around 35 pounds tell me the name i'll go there (laughs) this is is always my straight advice shani you probably agree with me here this is my straight up advice for anybody that is going to start a grooming salon and you have just come out of training or you have been experienced in doing it on the side and you want to finish your training, but you you know that you want to sell yourself as having experience, as in you've got some qualifications, right? I always say the same thing. If you want to charge, your end goal is to charge, I don't know, £150 for a schnauzer, standard schnauzer, yeah? Let's say you're going to charge 150 pounds for standard schnauzer. The way you should price your discount, if you can offer a discount because you're in training, is minus 30%. So if you're level one, take 30% of what the final groom price would be if you were qualified. If you're level two, take 20% of the final amount you would have been if you were qualified. If you're level three, take 10% off because, and you tell your customer this, because then the expectation at the end, when you go, actually, I'm qualified now, I'm amazing, look at my grooms. It's 150 pounds. They're not going to go, well, oh, you need to charge me 120, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So you need to, you need to make that communication needs to be there from the start. And I always say the same thing. I don't care what level of qualification you're doing, take a discount based on that, but off what you want to take when you're qualified. I hope that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. I don't agree. Um, however, <laughs> I knew. the reason why this is the English American uh, gap here. So I had, and this is, I, I promise I'm a very humble person in, in general, right? But yes. I will say this, I, something happened when I learned how to hand scissor a poodle. And the very first poodle that I ever hand scissored, like on my own, um, was wow pretty good pretty good i mean not for for now no of course it was probably should have been 30 percent off <laughs> but what i did um when i started my business because i didn't have a whole lot of experience um doing a whole lot of dogs at a time right because i had done i worked in a vet field i worked in a vet i, I started in the vet field 
So I was a vet assistant and then I worked in the off, uh, in the, in the surgery. And then I worked in the grooming studio. So I learned bathing there basically, right. And prepping when I went, when I was in the veterinary field. So when I started in mobile, um, when I was training with Nancy in like, Oh, three, um, she was teaching me all the finishing skills. I, I didn't know how to finish. So what I would say is I really believe that your fee should reflect your skill and not the amount of time that it took to get the skill because sometimes it, and it depends, right? Because in the, in the, <laughs> how do I say this? In the beginning, I didn't charge less for my services, but it took longer for me to do it. So in essence, I was probably, you know, eating up that 30%, but the customer still paid for my time because, or from a, for the groom, right? So my grooms used to be at two and a half hours. I mean, because it took me a long time to achieve the same look. Now they're an hour and a half or 45 minutes, depending. But I do agree and disagree because I think that if you can show, really, every single groomer starting off from school, I don't even know if you should open your salon straight out anyway. You need to work in an environment where you can see how the salons work. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but- I, I'm, I'm referring to groomers that, that are already capable of doing and want to sell themselves as I'm going to be qualified this is my expectation this is where I want to get to so I'm going to give you a discount but I'm letting you know that this discount doesn't stand once I finish my qualifications you know because a lot of groomers will get and you see this in young groomers where they'll and I see I do see it all the time you'll see it as well Shannon how long does it take you to groom a poodle and then somebody will say it takes me this long and they're like oh my god it takes me this long and you have this massive varied um, amount of time of everybody's capability You know what I mean? And that could be for many reasons. It could be because of the tools they're using. It could be the way they're trained. It could be because they're not doing, you know, coat prep. We can see coat prep. You get wet coat and you stamp at the base. You're just not going to stand. You're not going to get it. So those things are learned. So I don't believe that the customer should be charged the same amount if you take longer because you're still learning. I think they should get a discounted amount because then if the groom isn't on point to the way they're expecting it, you say, well, what do you expect? I'm training. I've got, you got the percent off. Do you know what I mean? I think that way, it, there's a balance of expectation from groomers. Is that how the conversations go then? They say, well, this is what, I, listen, this is not, I don't get, I that's never. Just, that's just my opinion. Never, I mean, that, that's not, that's not a UK thing. That's just my opinion when okay. I speak to people that are training. If yeah. you, don't get me wrong, I was doing my level two and my level two, level three and my level two at the same time. Uh, right. I started my level two and Donna did my training, which was like, that you no way do you level three but I wanted to get my I wanted my level two as well I wanted to have that qualification range so I did the two at the same time so I was doing my level three in the day and I was doing evening classes twice a week for my level two you know literally simultaneously um but I wanted my customer base to have that expectation you know I am still training I'm still capable of doing it but I want to cover myself just in case I nick you right. or don't expect trend. all that. Right. Yeah. 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 So the, there's an expectation. There's a trade. I am using your. Okay. Long winded again. Oh my God. Vicky, we're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but you, you know, you, you're training on a dog. Your, your expectation from that client is I am training. My expectation for the dog is it will stand there and be good and it won't be matted. And they turn up and it is matted. That's a very different ball game. That's the same conversation I have the very first time I groom. I'm like, Hey, this is a new relationship, all right? This is like the first time you meet on a blind date. So we have no idea what's going to go on here. I know that I control the energy in my van, right? But as far as how, that's why I can't really tell you which, how much it's going to cost until I groom your dog the first time, right? We have a minimum, but we don't know because it does depend on the relationship with the dog as well. Do you have a minimum just across the board or a minimum 
depending on the dog? So I have a minimum across the board. Um, I, I don't take less than $105. So for me to come to your house, to, no, to groom. That's for, that's for a hamster. I was going to say $105, $105 is a dog, typically 20 pounds and under that has short hair. That isn't a groomed dog. Chihuahuas, so, Yorkies, tiny Chihuahuas. Well, Yorkies are always 125 because they're groomed dogs. But like uh, sometimes I'll do beagles and a little bit larger, smaller dogs. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, uh, how do you say fox terrier? No, um, rat terriers. Uh, you know stuff like that. There's not a lot of 105 dogs. Dachshunds, short-haired dachshunds. Can you just share? Can you just share with everybody else? Because like me, you don't do discounts for multiple households, do you? Because I don't either. Do you get a discount when you take more than one child to the dentist? That's my question. Thank you. No, no. And a lot of times they want to say mobile, you save the gas. It doesn't matter. You're still, it's the time. It's the time invested. I like that. Do you get a discount if you take more than one child to the dentist? I love that. (laughs) That's true. That's fab. I think a lot of the other comments um, on here are regarding uh, mindset and like it is just a mindset issue with people. And I think that's across the board really with any profession. But I do think obviously we speak to a lot of dog groomers on a daily basis. And obviously I see their accounts, I see their figures and I'm like, why, you know, you've got a waiting list. Why don't you put your prices up? Oh, I can't. Why? Charge more, groom less. Simple. Exactly. Exactly. It's- I, I feel like we've kept Shannon for an hour on her birthday, bless her. <laughs> so we are going to let you go, but I do think uh, we should get you back in a few months' time because this has been fabulous. Um, Absolutely. A few weeks ago, or actually been a few months ago, I mentioned doing um, a business uh, weekend in Spain um, as like loads of seminars. So I feel that you should definitely come away from America and come to Spain for a few days for our business webinars. In September, her ass is mine. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, well I might. I'll go, I'm going to see you in September. I will see you in September, and we can discuss it. But Vicky's coming. Vicky's coming to. Her oh, you're coming school. over, Vicky. We are. I'm we are. Yeah. And you'll meet Lee. Yeah. So me and Lee are going across the pond uh, to America to uh, Groom Conference, but we'll work on Lee. We'll get taken there as well. Yeah. Um, but no. Our, our Spain thing is on people. I know I had so many people ask me if I was actually being serious. I'm 100% being serious. Um, and I think you need to be there, Shannon, because I think you, you'll help people. I generally do. So. Vicky, send me a ticket. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, first class to Spain. <laughs> as long as it's not cargo, I'm good. My ass is big, so I don't know if I could fit. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much, Shannon. I genuinely appreciate it, especially on your birthday. I hope you have a brilliant day. I have no idea what time it is there. Um, it's 7 p.m. here, but you know, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this will go on the podcast uh next week. So um, everyone let us know in the comments how you found it. And again, thank you, Helen. Thank you, Shannon, very, very much. It's been very insightful. And I think you've probably helped a lot of people. So uh, we will definitely one million percent get you back on. Uh, in a- thank you thank you so much for having me i appreciate it when Sean and i do our mentoring stuff we'll we'll let you guys know yes absolutely stay tuned yeah brilliant thank you. get on shannon's tiktok um shannon put all your details on the group i'm going to invite you to the groups because your tiktok okay. is hilarious 
Um, I absolutely love I sit watching them. I'm like, not watching that. Well, don't forget to hit both of us up about Savvy because we're doing a discount as well tonight from this. Yes. Oh, yes. The discount tomorrow. Go on. Talk. (laughs) Right. We're doing a discount. So for first time sign-ups, we're doing a discount. Please message us on Savvy Help if you've not gone on, got Savvy Help, if you want to recommend somebody. But we're going to do a straight across discount at the moment for you get 20% off your first month. Um, we'll help anybody that's a student. If you're a student, we'll do you the mid-range package at a very, very discounted rate to help you support and grow your business for the first six months as well. So just let us know and we'll 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 help you. That's what Fabulous. we have. Fantastic. And if you're in America, I w- I'm gonna have a code that starts tomorrow, right? But tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow that will give you. I'm not telling you how much. You're gonna have to call me and find out. All right. Yes, you have to, give you that. We're not gonna give it all away here. Okay. This is my first time on the show, ladies. Dang. <laughs> we do actually have American people in this group, so um, I'm sure they'll hit you up with that. But thank you so much. Put all the information in the group. That's absolutely fine. Um, thank you, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and we'll carry on watching your TikTok, Shannon, because they are hilarious. Um, and we'll get you on in a few months and we'll see you in September. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.